Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, and welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott, and I am flying solo today because we have a very special guest on today's very special episode. Carrie and I recently spoke with Mark Sotkin, who you guys know we've had on the podcast before. He was a writer on the Golden Girls. He was a real creative force on the last few seasons of the Golden Girls, and of course, on the Golden Palace. So, We talked to him before about the Golden Girls, but we wanted to invite him back to talk about the Golden Palace and his work on the Golden Palace, what it was like working on the Golden Palace, and maybe offer us some insight into some of the stories behind some of the things that Carrie and I have been talking about these past few episodes. So we figured it would be fun today for you guys to maybe hear from Mark and answer some of those questions that we've been talking about. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we will be back next week with a brand new recap. Oh my God, we're almost done with all the recaps. It it just went by so fast, I'm stressing. Anyway, enjoy today's episode. Mark Sotkin, welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to talk to you today about the Golden Palace. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, the fans of Golden Girls know you, fans of our podcast know you because we've interviewed you before and we've heard some amazing behind the scenes stories before. You're a friend of the podcast. You're a friend of the podcast. Um, For those living under a rock, Mark was a writer producer on the Golden Girls for seasons five through seven. And then Mark, you were the showrunner on the Golden Palace. For anybody listening who doesn't know what a showrunner is, that means Mark was the head writer, the manager of budget, budgets, the person whose vision everyone is hoping to accomplish, the person in charge of keeping the studio happy, the network happy, literally the, the overseer of everything, the big cheese. Yes. Pretty cheesy. Yep. Very cheesy. <laughs> Very cheesy. <laughs> so <laughs> before ahead, we before we dive into our first question about the Golden Palace, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today is all palace, everything palace. I'm going to set the scene. So the Golden Girls is in its seventh season. It's doing great. B. Arthur wants to leave. Everyone wants the show to go on. There's talk that Debbie Reynolds might replace her, but Susan Harris ultimately doesn't want to replace B. Arthur. So instead it's decided the remaining three women will star in a spinoff, which ultimately becomes the Golden Palace. Did I kind of sum that up pretty well, Mark? Pretty well, yes. Yeah, because we talked about that when we first interviewed you on the back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So with the Golden Palace, was the plan to always do a workplace comedy? So, um, (laughs) this may make the interview much shorter. Uh, (laughs) A lot lot of what happened with the Golden Palace happened behind uh, scenes that I was not privy to. So 
Um, so there's a lot of information I don't have. Mm. Um, we knew that uh, NBC had said, uh, we'll do this show, but we're only going to give you an order for 13. Okay. And, and Paul and Tony and Susan, Paul Witt, uh, Tony Thomas, yeah. Susan Harris, um, all said, we can't, you know, this was a hit show. We can't go to the ladies and say, we've got an order for 13. Yeah. And, and so CBS stepped up to the plate and said, we'll do a full season of this. Um, exactly where the hotel came from. And I, I know Oliver came from CBS thinking this was going to improve the demographic of the show, mm -hmm. having uh, a kid on there. Um, so anyway, that it, we were told and also what was happening too is because it was now considered a new show budget was very different than it was on golden girls yeah you know on golden girls if we said we want whatever guest star uh we wanted and it was going to be another 50 grand or whatever well the studio or the network would say sure go ahead um this this was a new show so on a new network as well so, so writing staff was different so uh, I lost some of the key writers who were on Golden Girls, didn't make the move with us to Golden Palace. So that's what it was. That's what my life was <laughs> when, when Golden Palace happened. It was like, okay, here's the pilot script. Uh, we're going to do some casting. Some casting has already been done. Um, and, um, and here we go. And now we're going to make this show. It's so interesting that NBC wouldn't, want to give it a full order considering how i mean sure the show had declined that didn't dramatically decline but it had declined a little bit yeah, in the last uh -huh, few years sure. like but still it was it was in the top 20 for sure like i'm surprised they wouldn't give it a full season order right. and, and on saturday night you know the, the the miracle of miracles is that it was a hit show on a saturday night yeah because you don't get an audience the size of that you get during the week on a saturday night mm -hmm. um so yeah it, it, it was surprising and disappointing yeah, um, but Peacock, what are you doing? I don't, I, you know, <laughs> people and you know, in retrospect, they're going, where are we the smart ones? So. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> now, now they're missing out on all that licensing. Um, <laughs> so at the at the start of the series, um, yes. so, you know, you 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 come on board, the pilot script has been written. So, you know, the, the, the workplace premise is already figured out and you guys are starting, you know, your first table read, your first run throughs. What was the general vibe um, from the women on the show and, and sort of did they have good chemistry with their new co-stars? Was that kind of an adjustment? So let's go back a little bit first, because there was some casting to be done. So for instance, the part of Roland, um, we read a lot of actors and it was like, this script is in trouble. This, this stuff isn't working. Um, and then Don Cheadle comes in and it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's right. Susan's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all working now. Um, and um, he really and did bring know, an energy to the show that was really interesting. Well, and he's a terrific actor. Yeah. And also um, the chef was not originally uh, Cheech Marin. Right. In our uh, last interview, you had actually told us it was an English actor playing yeah, a Russian Sales. character. So, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and, and we, I wasn't involved in that casting. I wasn't involved in the casting of, of our, really the only part that hadn't been cast yet was Don and, and Don made a huge difference. So yeah, everybody was optimistic. I mean, the, the question 
in the back of everybody's head, and, and we can talk about this a little bit, is how did these ladies get this hotel? <laughs> and, and and who leaves their child in a hotel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the question of Oliver is a really interesting point that we've, we, we'll, we're definitely going to get to that. We we'll get to Oliver okay. for sure. So in terms of, uh, you know, table read and all of that stuff, what you have to remember when Susan Harris writes a script, it's a different week than when anybody else writes a script. Uh, the staff is not terribly involved in the rewrites. We're not terribly involved in punching things up. Um, and except for her and I, and, and I question that there's yeah. no individual at that point who can write a golden girls or a golden palace. Yeah. Nobody. Cause you know how dense it is joke wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and that happens from a lot of people having a lot of input. Right. Um, but when Susan comes in, you know, I've thought about this over the years. You know, I did uh, a show called I'm a Big Girl Now that Susan created. I, I did Golden Girls for three, you know, for three years before we did Golden Palace. Yeah. I did Golden Palace. I don't think I've talked with Susan Harris more than 15 minutes. That, in, you, in all that time? Well, she would come in and, and Susan isn't one who wants to hang around. And, yeah. you know, at that wow. point, you know, she had... And, and she had already done soap, which mm -hmm. Susan and uh, um, and Stu Silver, and it was mostly Susan, wrote everything, which yeah. is just a crazy endeavor. Yeah, uh, for a show that many and episodes. Then was, and then there was Benson. So, but and Big Girl now came after that, and she may have just been tired of dealing with all of it. Yeah. So on those weeks that Susan wrote a script, there. Even then there wasn't a lot, you know, she would come to the stage and she'd come to run throughs and we'd say hi. And it was all very cordial, but I didn't have a, re a real, you know, I don't, I, I can't tell you much about Susan Harris. But a lot of people say that a lot of people in general just say she was very sort of hands off. You know, she had yeah. the idea, she created, she came in to do what she needed to do. And then she would be at home and mostly communicate by phone and stuff. Right. Yeah. And mostly with Paul and Tony and. Yeah. I have to assume that if she hated what I was doing, you know, they yeah. get, you, you know, when you're the showrunner, especially when you're coming in as the second uh, team after the yeah. first team is gone, they're giving you the keys to a very expensive car. And it's basically don't fuck this up. Yeah. And I assume if I was fucking it up, we would have heard from Susan. Definitely. Even, and even if it was through Paul and talk, somehow we'd know about it. Yeah, Susan. Susan would find a way to make yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so basically, you could say the feedback that you got from Susan about the show was silence, which was a good thing. There's no telling. <laughs> it's a new show. We, yeah, we knew early on it wasn't the Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it it was it was pretty obvious that it wasn't the Golden Girls, um, and you know. My so and my input so here here's and this isn't a mea culpa this is just what was mm -hmm. um, after the first season of doing Golden Girls uh, I decided I wanted to leave L.A. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just I had two little kids who I wasn't seeing enough. I had a wife who I wasn't seeing enough. I felt if I stayed in L.A., kids would wind up in rehab. I'd wind up in rehab. I'd be on wife number three, only be able to afford wife number two. A typical still, true Hollywood story. Yeah, but yeah. I decided to leave. 
Yeah. So I went to Paul and Tony and said, uh, I, I bought a house in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm leaving. Uh, they said, you're the smartest guy in show business. Good luck to you. I went back to my office. And by the time I got back to my office, they said, I got it. My secretary said, Paul and Tony want you to go back to the office immediately. So I went back and they said, no, no, you're, you're not leaving immediately. You've signed a three-year contract. So we worked it out that I stayed for my second season of Golden Girls full-time mm -hmm. while we were doing the remodel on the Boulder house. Uh, and worked it out for that third season of Golden Girls. Uh, I came with the family for the for six weeks of pre-production, got a lot of scripts done. Um, and then once we started shooting, I flew in Monday morning. And after the Tuesday run through, I would give my notes and I went back to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the same was and for that, Golden Palace too, right? And so that continued with Golden yeah. Palace. The difference is Golden Girls was in its seventh season, a well-oiled machine. Yeah. People who are ready for more responsibility uh, to be the showrunners when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. um, Golden Palace is a new show. It really yeah. is a new show. And um, and I think, my, and this is not patting myself on the back, I think my not being there full-time and doing that job full-time um, hurt the product. Mm. Mm, it yeah. is a hard enough job to do as it is the, the like again having you know written on shows and worked in writers rooms and seen how job how hard a, a showrunner's job is the fact that you were only there two days a week is like baffling to me like how did you like how did you balance everything and sort of continue you know, to oversee anything but to give you a little bit of credit and not a little bit of credit a lot of credit you know, a lot of us, and we've talked to a lot of fans of the Golden Girls who hadn't really seen Golden Palace since it aired or who would maybe see clips on YouTube, but in re-watching it, that, they had, there were a lot of episodes that were like gems, so many funny jokes. Yeah. Like, there were some really, really great it was, episodes. It was, real, it was pretty uneven, actually. So I, I just watched it before going to Golden Com because I knew yeah. we were going to talk, be talking about it. And I haven't seen any of it since it was on. Yeah. Um, there were two art. There were two episodes that say they were written by me. I don't remember a word. I, I, <laughs> and they're not good episodes. And I was going, I can't believe it. Mitch and those guys, they put my name on something because they knew it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there was something that I'm because we're doing the same situation. We haven't really watched really since it aired i don't even remember watching it when it aired right and and then i i mean because it's yeah so now re-watching it i'm realizing how good some episodes are and how strong the jokes are and there are some moments that are just really really good but one thing that i am noticing is and i don't know if maybe you even remember this but it does seem like the tone of the show there's a lot more sex jokes than in there were in golden girls yeah. in a good way and it's more sexual in uh and i don't think in a good way i don't think oh. in a good way I think Missing B changed the balance. Mm. I think there's too many Rose's dumb jokes and there are too many Blanche sex jokes. Mm. Um, I mean, let's face it, Rue was great and, and played that part to, to the hilt. But at some point you go, come on. <laughs> yeah. Why do you, I mean, why do you think, 
um, in terms of the sex stuff, like even because all of the characters seem more sexual, like right. you know, they all have their own sort of Rose. Oh my gosh, there's even a joke Sophia. where Rose and her sister had a kissing booth where they didn't yeah. kiss men, they kissed each other. Yeah. Like, um, oh. it, it's too easy. And I think part of that was, you know, m- my job at the rewrite table is you would draw it draws well they got used to it because I, I would go that someone would pitch something and i'd go mm, no <laughs> okay and they don't know what's going to happen after the mm. yeah <laughs> but it's usually mm, no okay and i set the bar very high okay yeah so there are times when a joke is easy and i'm going yeah it's, it's a joke yeah we, we can do better so and i i may be you know, taking care of some of the questions, but let me give you my overview. Yeah, please. Of after watching Golden Palace, yes, please. Uh, a couple, you know, over the last few months or whatever. Um, the biggest thing to me is, uh, I really wish Susan had done may- maybe a two-parter for mm. the pilot. How did these ladies get this multi-million-dollar property? Uh, this, you know, and and and. And in my sickness, I'm going, so how would I have fixed it? I, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. Maybe Blanche won it in a poker game. She put up the house, which was scary. Mm-hmm. And some rich guy who needed the tax write-off put up the hotel. So at least I have some understanding yeah. of, of where that happened. Have either of you two ever cleaned a bathroom? Yes. Yes. Have you ever cleaned 30 bathrooms in a day dressed in a Judy Evans ensemble? No. Oh, Mark, Mark, can I tell you how many times we're watching? And again, it's like suspension of disbelief. It's a sitcom, but my running joke throughout this rewatch of the Golden Palace on the podcast has been, who, okay, everybody's out playing volleyball. Who's at the front desk right now? Like, how do they run this hotel with five people and a child? Uh, and all of that. And, and, and Sophia is, you know, she's got one foot in the grave, but she's, yeah. you know, and she's working like a dog. So, um, but I don't really mind that. It kind of, well, no matter what the story is, I'm always going, why? Yeah. Why did, th- why, why did this happen? And so I don't care how silly something is or, or out there, if we can justify in some semblance of reality, how did this happen? Yeah. So I, I would have really liked that. I would have liked some staff. Um, you know, when you watch Faulty Towers, uh, they weren't cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was fun. And there was a big ways cast to do too. that. It was a really huh? big cast. It was a big cast on Faulty Towers. Like it's, I feel like, you know, more characters could have been, you know, could have been, would, would have been fine. Yeah. And, and the ladies could have continued doing ladies stories rather than hotel stories. Mm. Right. Those but were the to, best stories. Me, the biggest things. So in the pilot and it goes by so fast, I'm telling you, none of us noticed it. Yeah. Uh, including. So last week, Nina Feinberg, Nina Wass, who was Nina Feinberg, who was our line producer. She called me to ask how Golden Com was and we were talking and I, I brought this up. It's just one line and and Roland says it going by when Oliver comes through, he just goes, oh, I'm fostering him. And that's it. Yeah. And and it's really fat. You don't even almost hear it. Well, this is a young black man yeah. fostering a young white guy. 
That's Golden Girl stuff. Does Roland have a history in the fostering system? Yeah. Does the kid miss his mother? Instead, instead Oliver is like from playing the role of in something from Newsies. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that obviously well, wasn't working at all. Every, everybody goes, what was with Oliver? Yeah, yeah let's, let's so Oliver. let's talk about Oliver. So in our, our 2016 interview, you know, you mentioned you wanted to add a kid to the cast because the Golden Girls was pretty much a four quadrant show, meaning entire families watched it. Parents right. watched it. Kids watched it. You know, but as everyone knows, he was written out a, a, around halfway through the season. Yeah. Uh, so what happened there? We all knew that it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. It didn't work. And his probably his contract was for the first thirteen 12, or something. Yeah. Thirteen, whatever. It was like we're not picking up his contract. Yeah. Um, not Billy Sullivan's fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, we missed that was a big miss on our part. Mm -hmm. There could have been Real stuff. Did he miss his mother? Did his mother ever get out of rehab? Yeah. Visit? So even, yeah. Even, the, even the episode when she does get out of rehab, I'm I'm watching it being like, wait, we don't even see her. We don't even see Oliver and his mother together ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting because so when Oliver's mother does come to pick him up and she was played by Jolie Fisher, who did such Fantastic. a great job. Fantastic. Lovely. Yeah. Um yeah, she comes to pick him up and her Oliver's exit happens off camera. And I remember thinking when we watched it, I was like, oh, I I would have liked to have seen a nice, a nice goodbye for Oliver, where yeah. he actually gets to say goodbye to the women and say goodbye to Roland. And and there's just this, you know, there's a scene where Roland, it's like the top of the scene, Roland's kind of sad in the kitchen. And they're like, what's up with Roland? And the women are like, oh, he's sad because Oliver left. But don't worry, Oliver was happy to see his mom. And here's a letter that he wrote for us. And and I felt like, oh man, they're, you know, they wrote this kid off. And it and it, and it a little bit felt like he. You know, the, his his goodbye was just like, oh, I really would have loved to have seen him and Roland actually get to say goodbye to each other. I was I was coaching my my kids in soccer at that point, and I, I was worried about the next big game on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll admit it. I didn't even want to see the goodbye. I hated Oliver. I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, we, I, we all hated Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> all hate. There was nothing to do with Oliver. Yeah. However, if we had gone to the fostering well. Uh-huh. And then the ladies are more like the grandmas he never had. Yeah. And they can talk to him about real stuff mm -hmm. other than, oh, my God, Al Oliver is pulling pranks on yeah. the customers. It's like, who gives a shit that Oliver? But even then, even then, it's like, you know, we, yeah, we would like to see the girls give advice to the kids and stuff. But it really is. We like seeing these girls, like these women saucy and sort of going on these adventures and doing these inappropriate things and hearing about Sophia in a wet t-shirt contest and stuff. And part of me is like, this Oliver kid's really weighing me down to be responsible. Yeah, of course, of course. But <laughs> even within when the ladies are doing all that stuff, and when you look back at Golden Girls, yeah, there was some issue that was grounding them in, yeah. in a personal reality mm -hmm. of what's going on about... Um, these people who have formed this family and love each other in yeah. spite of all their differences. And I think and so too, that makes sorry. it possible to go do silly stuff, Definitely. to do a wet t-shirt contest, to do uh, Sonny and Cher, to do all that stuff. Cause you believe it. Cause yeah. of, of it's the grounded in something real. Yeah. Right. 
and once and you have Rose taking towels up to three oh five, yeah, you care less. Yeah, because you, yeah. you know it's bullshit. Yeah, and I think too, just to give you and the writers and everybody a little bit of credit, is if this were an ensemble comedy that you had created, completely fresh, different cast. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the Golden Palace, but it doesn't star the three women from the Golden Girls. I think you would have been able to explore more emotional stories with Oliver, but because yeah. people are there to watch. Rue McClanahan and Betty White and Mm -hmm. Estelle Getty, you know, you really have to make sure that you are having those emotional stories between the women because that's that's who we're, that's where we're here to see. And then you're also trying to service stories where we're getting to know Cheech Marin's character. We're getting to know Don Cheadle. So you've got that as well. And then to throw a kid in there, it's, you know, I think if you had leaned on emotional, big emotional stories with those other characters, maybe a little too much, it would have felt less like a Golden Girl spinoff and maybe like a brand new show, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, the, the weak foundation was the hotel. Mm. You know, I Debbie Reynolds wasn't the right one, but I think we should have kept trying. Yeah. You know, there, there, there might have been other interesting uh, women to bring in who would, who would have brought in completely different uh, perspectives either racially sexual orientation whatever mm-hmm. that would have kept and it would would not and, and and it still would he was a force yeah okay yeah. and a brilliant force and and how does it it's not exactly like um you know re- replacing the husband on bewitched it's it's different mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're basically it, replacing it, your it, number one on the call sheet. Yeah. She was. She yeah. was. I mean, the other ladies were great. No question about it. And, and it, especially for, in terms of writing for me, my sense of humor and where I come from. It's very big. It's Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dorothy. Okay. I'm Just Dorothy. knowing your humor, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're definitely yeah, doing Dor- it. That, that's pretty, that's... It's fish in a barrel for me on some levels, and it also creatively pushes me to go, how do I write a smarter joke Mm -hmm. for B? Okay. And you did that. You did that when she came back for the two episodes. You really felt that the energy was there, that the spirit was there, that, you know, it all was sort of there. And you had the whole myriad of Dorothy emotions in two episodes, which was. Right. And so I don't know that we ever would have found the right new cog in the wheel to, to yeah. put it into the house. But I, I think from the outset, the, 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 the hotel idea was just uh, not yeah. it. I always thought it would be good in like a diner or something where they would be able to have both the home stories and the diner stories, but you could have that sort of back and forth moment where you have these new characters, but they're still like grounded in the reality we know and all of that. But one thing I do want to ask you, which is yes. something that we've talked a lot about on this podcast that I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but we have very passionate thoughts about it. And it's the role of Miles and how I personally think Miles is a it's not his real name and, and Rose is being deceived. And B, I hate what Miles has done to Rose. And I particularly hate Miles in the Golden Palace for right. everything that he did to yeah. Rose. So and, like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what was it? What was it? What are your thoughts on Miles, first off? As and a character. As a character, did you hate him as much as I do? Or did you feel angry at him as much as I do? And B, what was it like sort of working with some of these characters that were familiar from the Golden Girls, but were making these guest appearances on the Golden yeah. Palace? So uh, 
I blame myself for miles. Oh. Okay. Uh, one of my kids had a big soccer game Saturday. and <laughs> okay. You can't keep using that. <laughs> no, well, no, it's, but it's, I'm taking the blame. I'm taking the blame because at that point, you know, at some point in the series, story idea becomes the most precious commodity. Yeah. You know, they had done the first hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, those are the easy ones. And there's only seven stories, you know. You know, it's like the rent is due. You can't kill the turkey on Thanksgiving. Lucy's painted her hair purple. The boss is coming to dinner. There's only seven of them. Okay. And now I got to do the next hundred of them. Okay. So I really loved Miles' relationship with Rose. Mm -hmm. So when Mitch came in and pitched, uh, he's an accountant to the uh, mob. And and now he's Samuel Plank master, whatever the hell he was. Yeah. I'm going, you know, those other 10 year olds have a really good goalie. How the hell are we going to win this game? (laughs) That does. And I said, yes. And I said, yes. And it was a difficult crossroads because they couldn't get married. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I'm my craziness of trying to fix stories from 30 years ago. Yeah. I I don't have the fix for that. I don't have the fix for that. You know, does he get a, job teaching at the University of Cairo or some what whatever yeah would be better than making him the accountant for the mob um <laughs> and so it let us down and once you do that you're down a road where now he's coming back. back you can't go back and and every story after that is pissing you off because of what he's doing to Rose yeah and I love their relationship that he f- for somehow found this I loved working with Betty, mm-hmm. but I, I would go back and forth, which I hated more, how stupid she was or what a horror Blanche was. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was tired of those wells. I really was. So the fact that this college professor found her naivete, that yeah. Nina Feinberg used to go all the time. No, no, no. She's naive. She's not stupid. That's what exactly. I always say exactly. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. F- fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Let her do, we'll do another St. Olaf story. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you hated the St. Olaf story as much as I do. I really, I mean, I don't think you mind them, Carrie, but whenever I, oh, hear I love that, them, I'm kind of like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm very, the, the, those in Sic- picture it Sicily. Uh, yeah. yeah. She was never in Sicily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, and it, so when I first, took over Golden Girls, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the the truth is I had never watched the show because it was on Saturday night. Yeah. I had been doing It's a Living. So Saturday night was daylight night for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. I never watched Golden Girls. When I got the job, I watched two and I fall asleep a lot when I watch TV and yeah. I was falling asleep and it was time to start. So I, I may have watched two. So Nina Feinberg would have to, Nina Wass would have to come into me and go, we do these because somebody would write one. No, no, we do these picture it stories and yeah. we do them. We do them all the time and they work. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never loved those picture it stories, but yeah. obviously at that point you're in, you've, uh, yeah, you I would be back in season five from picture it. You have to keep going. 
you do you know every once in a while a writer a new a newbie writer would come in and pitch i got a great idea uh rose gets struck by lightning and she's the smart one mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah so, no, no i didn't get my job by doing that kind of stuff rose is the naive one mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so, yeah. that, so anyway that that's the real deal on miles uh it was another place where I, you know, I screwed up. I, I said yes. I said yes. I said yes. I should have said no. I still yeah. think. Go ahead, Carrie. Oh, it, yeah. It's interesting because I think yeah. Prior to learning that he was lying about his identity, and then in another episode, returning to be like, hey, even though you're dating somebody else, I want you to run away with me and just like, but you can't yeah. talk to your friends or family. And then yeah. in the Golden Palace, he cheats on her. Yeah. Um, but oh. I'm with you. Prior to that. I thought their relationship was very yeah. sweet because you're I right. Agree. It was, it was this, wonderful. Yeah. It really and he was, loved it really her was the mom so much. that like turned it. That's yeah. where from then on, it was like, yeah, my, it became the We Hate fault. Miles show for us. My fault. <laughs> Completely my fault. But but now that you say that it probably was a Mitch Hurwitz pitch, that makes total sense when you watch Arrested Development and stuff. Like, of course a character is going to go through like it, it it completely registers in every you know, and, and mitch is brilliantly funny so oh, you, yes. don't, you don't want to say no and you want to see where he's going to go with this yeah and and yeah it's his fault it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah there you go so real quick i just want to go back to um because i know these are obviously the two most memorable episodes of the golden palace are when b arthur appears she makes her her guest appearances her you know she walks in there's the longest applaud break that's amazing and gives wow. her so much time to kind of walk around the lobby and admire and she it hands it up too oh it's amazing she, do you remember it. anything about <laughs> those two weeks i mean it's every drag queen's dream to do oh. a their entrance where it's just like yeah keep going keep going yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mark, do you remember? I obviously her appearances were probably written into it, either her exit agreement or it was just something maybe she agreed no, to. No, she do. just agreed to do it. She right. just agreed to do it. Yeah. Um, so what were do you remember what those two weeks were like were with with having her back? Again, I was there Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> stay for B. No. I would have taken a two-week vacation for B. I, I know, I know, I know. But you know. You Golden Girls fans feel <laughs> a lot differently about the show than I do. Yeah. And I love the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm proud of the work. But, you know, Golden Com showed me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a whole community of us out there who. Oh, my God. You know, and, I, and I've always known that, there, you know, there were serious fans. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So I was yeah. there on Monday and Tuesday. And it was great to see B and say hi to B. <sighs> Yeah, but what, like, I mean, in terms of, I mean, because you had your pulse, even if you weren't there, you were, you know, working with the writers and the staff, and you were definitely a big... Yeah, everybody was very excited that she was, everybody was excited that she was back. Yeah. And did it, I mean, what was the morale like on set for, did it did it change sort of the morale of the show when she came back, do you think, in terms of, like, the writers and the excitement no, for I think the, the, the I think the morale changed or, Early on in the series, mm. we knew it wasn't Golden. We knew it wasn't Golden Girls. Yeah. You know, we're 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 fairly bright. We we could see what Oliver was doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we knew Alexi Sales, not his fault. You know, was this Russian chef 
yeah. uh, you know, Jim Valley go to pay what to pay, you know, when it's to pay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't brilliant comedy. Mm-hmm. So we, we knew that there were problems. Yeah, um, that it wasn't the same. Um, when you're on it, when you have that feeling on a show, I mean, before show, like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like Herman's head or something like what back yeah. in the day, you know, you have yeah. like a show where there's no ingrained relationship viewers have with these people. They're all new characters. So the responsibility as a writer and a showrunner is probably not as huge because it feels like, well, okay, so the audience doesn't know these characters like they know the Golden Girls. Whereas when you know something's wrong on a show like the Golden Palace and you have millions of people who have these intimate relationships with these characters, they're, they're, they're huge characters, they're Cheers level, they're Cosby, they're huge characters. What is like... What does that do to sort of your psyche as you're writing the show and working on the show? Do you feel that responsibility of like, I can't make these women look bad? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Next <I'm> question. <laughs> I mean, but what is that like? Because yeah. I can't even imagine like. It's tough. It's t- you know, so I've worked on, you know, I- I'm really lucky. I-, I got to work on two really big hit shows, Laverne yeah. and Shirley Golden Girls. I've worked on some real dogs. Okay. <laughs> okay. First time out, Blansky's Beauties. Yeah. Uh, you wish. And you know you know pretty early on um, that you hope working. your agent is already looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it and it's actually more work because you are dedicated to trying to make this shit work. Yeah. So you work more hours, you work harder. And sometimes on some shows, you know, the planets have to align to have a hit show. Mm-hmm. So I've worked on some of those bombs where I had terrific writing staffs and maybe the cast wasn't great or just the chemistry wasn't great or yeah. whatever. And it's really, really frustrating. So, yeah, on something like Golden Palace, you know what, you, you know what you've got. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's potential there to go another five years if you can get it right and capture it. Yeah. And it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. Yeah. I, I, and, I def- and there was no, and there was no fix because I don't care about who the next guest is. Yeah. Um, yeah. No guest is going to fix it. It really is sort of a, you know, the relationship with Fernando Lamas was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like hotel next door. Yeah. Um, I don't care that they need towels of 302. I just, <laughs> don't yeah. well, and, you know, when we talk about it to H Allen and I, the, you know, the episodes to us that are often the most impactful and, and truly do feel like the golden girls are the emotional stories between the characters yeah. and not ones that have anything to do with the, the of the problem of the week we need to save the hotel or we've overbooked the rooms you like know, I, i'm i'm very proud of uh camp town races are nearly yeah. as much fun yeah let's well, talk about that yeah i wanted to ask you about that so like one of the things and we talked about this at golden con i think and like you know other times but a lot's changed since we last spoke uh, when we recorded our first interview with the world. And, you know, since, since um, well, the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd and so much has changed in the world. And one of the things that, one of the real sort of touchstones from the Golden Palace that I think 
is so interesting and that I always get angry because people always like, look what the Golden Girls did. And I'm like, that was the Golden Palace. Please get it right. But they shared a clip of this episode from so that blew, that blew up for a while. Yeah, it went huge. It was huge. Yeah. And, I, and it was and I, I it's it's a it's a testament to your work and to what you guys did and 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 the nuggets of sort of really great, great work that exist on the Golden Palace. And uh, Don Cheadle had talked with uh, on Sirius XM in an interview about how great it was to work with the writers on the show and how it was a mandate for them to have this conversation with him and his even feelings on the Confederate flag and how we can communicate this. And I want to know what it was like for you working with sort of the writers on this episode and with Don Cheadle and, and the input that he had in sort of shaping this episode in a lot of ways. Uh, I wish it wasn't 30 some odd years ago, mm. so I could actually have clear memories of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I think one of my regrets of, in, across the series was not necessarily talking enough to Don and finding those stories. And again, if we going into that uh, foster child thing mm. and, and, and just, doing more with that character. Yeah. You know? And the dynamics between them too. I mean, right. This was a, this was a, a golden opportunity, right. you know, <laughs> to do more with that character, with, with Cheech's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in, in terms of ethnic stories that we didn't delve into. Yeah. Um, cause we were, you know, cause we had to make the hotel work and, mm -hmm. and who gave a shit about the hotel. Yeah. Obviously, you hear it from me. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, en en enough to make that. Mm -hmm. It should have just been. An, it should have just been an arena, and it there and and it the hotel should have just kept running, okay. And 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 maybe once in a while you do the the rent is due, which yeah. is an, which is an episode, okay. Yeah. That the ladies who are just managing the hotel or whatever have to deal with the rent is due, but mm -hmm. otherwise do stories about people. So yeah, I wish we had done more with, with Don, uh, and talk to Don more, mm -hmm. um, to find other areas. But looking back at that episode, I mean, you must be proud of the work you guys did in, in, and because it has of all of the episodes that, and probably the Dorothy episode live on today yes. as sort of touchstones. Yeah. Very, you know, I, I, I'm aware how, of how fans feel about uh, Ebb Tide's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's an iconic episode. Mm -hmm. uh, the, Re the, the, the episode of Golden Palace with Don is, is an important episode. I'm, I'm proud of that work. You know, yeah. it's like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm also wrote, you know, Laverne and Shirley tag team wrestling. Not, ne <laughs> not nearly as important. Good episode. <laughs> Good episode. <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah, and yeah. I think too, like to come to your defense again, just as someone who has worked in a room where you've got to produce 24 episodes in a season, you know, just for people to understand too, you're not, it's not like you're writing all the episodes before they start shooting. You start writing, then you start shooting. You're still writing. Then you're editing and you're shooting and you're writing. There's a lot going on. You're getting a lot of feedback from people, from your studio, from your network. So maybe from Susan Harris, but maybe not. So it is a really difficult 
job. It's a, it can, it can be very difficult to produce 24 solid gold episodes of television in the season. This is the way I look at it. Producing, being a showrunner on a sitcom is like being, and so normally let's say it's a 22 episode season. I mean, it was unusual. There was 24. It's like a 22 episode fight. Okay. Some of the episodes are going to be good. Some of the episodes are going to be great. You're going to have a couple stinkers. In, in terms of the fight, the big trick is don't get knocked out. Okay. Yeah. Showrunner rule number one is don't shut it down. The show must go on. Right. Okay. Yeah. When I was doing the Vernon Shirley that last season, Cindy Williams quit after six episodes because she was pregnant and there was the whole lawsuit and all of that. Yeah. Okay. And on that show, we would shoot on a Tuesday night. And so Wednesday morning was our Monday. Mm-hmm. So we finished Tuesday night that Wednesday morning. Uh, I was called into Gary Nardino, who was the president of Paramount TV's office. And he was screaming, what the fuck did you do? Cindy Williams quit last night. The show must go on. We yeah. had, a, we had a script on Thursday morning. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, they're not all good. They're not all going to be great. Some of them are, you know, and on golden girls, we didn't have many stinkers. Yeah. There are you a really couple. Didn't. Where there are a couple episodes that were not fabulous, yeah, um, and yeah, it's hard because yes. you, you even feel that on this series too, like because of the force of these characters. I mean, shows like this they are driven on characters. You know, you look at yes. great shows like Everybody Loves Raymond or The Nanny, and like you can put them in any situation, and the audience because they love those characters will f- go along and be on board no matter Ab- what. Absolutely, do. absolutely. And you feel that in this in this series too, and I think. I think what makes episodes like the Confederate flag episode so strong and so memorable is that we are seeing this character that we know very, very well, Blanche, deal with this. And and the way you guys sort of handled it, I thought was really smart. And it also made me wonder, too, another thing from that is, you know, I'm I, one of the things that always surprises me about the Golden Girls is it was a very heavily male, I'm assuming likely straight male writer staff on the show. And yet it's a show about these women that are so iconic and sort of the juxtaposition between that. Of course, you have Susan Harris, but it was mostly men writing these stories. Uh, and again, uh, Susan Harris, uh, uh, you know, she would do the first two episodes or first episode of the you know, when I first when I first got there, she did Sick and Tired Part One and Two, uh-huh. which are not hilarious. Yeah. Although Blanche has a great storyline on it. Very yeah, funny. Yeah, but, 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 but in yeah. terms of. Golden Girls episodes, they're not hilarious. No. Um, So it was a little strange because now the new showrunner is there and the ladies have no idea what's coming or what we're going to do or what that's going to be like. Um, And the first table read of our scripts was uh, where they go to the sperm bank. Yeah. 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 I love that. Got the biggest. So, so, you know, uh, we used to, you know, measure the laugh spread at the table. So you could have an idea of, are we long? Are we short? Mm-hmm. Okay. It got the longest laugh table laugh spread uh, in the history of golden girls. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So the whole process of being there, new people, all of that. Um, some of the, the fact that it was written. Yeah. I, I look at it, you know, Gail parent was the woman in the room. Yeah. And Gail is brilliant, but has the mind of a man. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Mark Cherry and Jamie Wooten came on. Yeah. Uh, so that we did have a gay voice in, mm-hmm. in, in the room, but yeah, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. When, it, when it, you look at it that, you know, if it was today, there'd probably be a, it'd probably be all women who would be like, sex Oh, oh none, of, none, none of us wouldn't be, in the room. none of us would be in the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there'd be protests outside the studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. writing staff was probably rightfully so. I think in a lot, in of, some, of course. Yeah. In of some, course. In some areas like, it, you know, and when I, you know, when I look at the, the age that the, the ladies actually were mm-hmm. while playing these characters, I was in my late thirties, early forties. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck do I, you know, yeah. when I look at it now, it's like, I'm old. Now I'm old. I'm golden. Now <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea what, you know, yeah. what golden was then. And when you see a woman in her fifties now, I don't think you're thinking golden girl. No, certainly not. Uh, yeah. You look, you look at Allison Janney, who's the same age as, as B. Arthur was when she started the golden girls. And it's like, I don't see B. Arthur or Allison Janney like B. Arthur at all. No, right. You don't think Golden. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it was. It's pretty crazy that that was the mm-hmm. the situation, the, the writing situation. Well, we want to end on something that you're doing now. Since your Golden Girls days or television writing days, you're now writing books, which is really exciting. And and you have you have a few out, don't you? Yeah, I have three novels that are out. Yeah. Um, that they're all available on Amazon. Wait, so tell us about, like, how did you get started in, in writing fiction? And, and tell us more about... It is such a departure from your yeah. career. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so part of it was the moving to Colorado. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the end of my career, because I also made some stupid mistakes when I got there. Uh, I don't know if you know the name Brad Gray. Um, so, oh, so Brad wound up running Paramount, but he was like, he, he an agent back he then. He was the manager. He was the manager, manager partner with Bernie Brillstein. Yeah. And, oh, Brillstein Entertainment. Right. Yeah. And and Brad's first four clients were Bob Saget, Dave Collier, Gary Shandling, and Mark Sodkin. Oh wow! Uh, oh, and wow. Moved, yeah. And this is what he, you know. His office was like on the corner of telephone and telephone uh, mm, when yeah. there were telephone booths. Okay, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what telephone and telephone is. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he was a great manager. And when I got to Colorado, ego-wise, I went, well, he's not taking care of me. You know, he's busy signing Brad Pitt is what he was doing. Um, so I left, I left Brad. Yeah. And, and also, my, my Golden Girls deal actually hurt the rest of my career. Oh, because, why? Well, because who wants a showrunner that's only going to be there for two days a week? Yeah, true. I guess so, yeah. 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 So, uh, I had an idea for a book and it, and it's the first one I wrote, which is with time off for bad behavior is loosely based on that last season of Laverne and Shirley. Oh, okay. The last season. So Penny Marshall was hired to do, uh, Paramount wanted her to direct her first movie, the joy of sex, mm-hmm. uh, which she never wound up directing. And there was a great script written by John Hughes. Uh, Breakfast Club, Pretty in oh, Pink. Of course, yeah. yes. Alone, yeah. That John yeah, yeah. Yes. Funny, funny script. Story needed work. Penny asked me to come do a rewrite. Uh, and since she was worried that we wouldn't have enough time together to work on the movie, 
she asked me to come back to be the showrunner on Laverne and Shirley. I had left Laverne and Shirley, okay? Most showrunners on Laverne and Shirley were fired. We went through a lot of showrunners, okay? Um, it was a tough place to work. So she wanted me to come back. So I would be working on the movie and the show. We were gonna do 22 shows in 22 weeks. Okay, so normally, wow. you guys probably know that, but for the audience that doesn't know that, usually you shoot three or four episodes and you, you go down for a week. Yeah, yeah. take a week down, get caught up. Tired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and the writers get to catch up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do 22 shows in 22 weeks. Uh, but uh, And Penny and Cindy have to be in, in all those episodes, but I only have them for 18 weeks. So oh for four of those weeks, somehow I've got to go, Lenny and Squiggy, we're going to Chicago. Lenny and Squiggy, we're back from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Cindy is pregnant with her first child. Mm -hmm. Can't do all the physical comedy that she's normally doing. Yeah. Um, and so because of contractual things and I kept her five minutes late one night, she quits the show after episode six. Uh, a few weeks later, Michael McKeon goes, uh, I'm leaving the show to go do this movie Spinal Tap. And the studio goes, you can't, we'll sue you. Yeah, 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 but I'm going to go do Spinal Tap. So first, first I just have Laverne and whoever, and then I have Squiggy and Rhonda. Anyway, the first novel is based on that, is based on that season, okay, on a show that's similar um, and personal things that were going on in my life. So that was the first one. Um, and then at some point, the, the, the second one, the comatose adventures of Lenny Rose, um, things were not going well for me. And I thought, you know, it would be nice just to be in a coma for a while. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that some people, when they, then when they're in a coma, they come out of it. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out after some research, people can very often see and hear while they're in a coma. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. Lenny has his greatest success and finds true love while he's in a coma. Um, oh. So, and then I wrote that one. And on both of those, wound up having big New York agents who did not get the book sold for whatever reason. And so, you know, that was the, I wanted to be in a coma during then. Um, <laughs> and then had this idea for the, for the last one, kind of dirty Paris confessions. Before I went to Hollywood for a while, I worked with my father in the, in, in, um, the fashion business, the very low end. Uh, we we made the fabric for for ties for neck. Oh wow! People, well, when people this was when people were buying Nehru jackets and not wearing ties. Yeah. Okay. And there were a lot of characters in that world. Um, we had one customer who made ties and would always put labels in it. it would say like Paris with a picture of the Eiffel Tower, mm. or Italy with the picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah. It never said made in. Okay. <laughs> That's and so that like the federal trade commission was always after Cy Wax. Okay. Yeah. So there was that. So I wrote that third one. Are you enjoying Novel writing? Are you enjoying novels? Are, novels are tough because unlike TV scripts that you can get jacked up on caffeine and write yeah. a draft overnight. I, I, I'm a writer who doesn't love to write. Mm. So yeah. writing a novel was, was tougher. I'm actually just finished writing with something which has me even more scared than anything. Uh, I'm just finishing uh, writing a one-man show. Oh, wow. wonderful. Um, that, and I've never done a one-man show. 
Oh, wow. um, and I, I just finished uh, a couple about a month and a half ago. I read the a draft to Jim Valley and to Gail Parent, mm-hmm. um, and they were very encouraging. And uh, so, and I'm just finishing uh, a rewrite now. And actually, I, I've got someone consulting who I met at GoldenCom. Oh, wonderful! Uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. So, who who uh, and Danny is bringing um, a whole other perspective because he he he's a sociology professor, but is also uh, a Reiki practitioner and uh, is familiar with worlds that I'm writing about. So that's really what I'm working on now. And I'm, I'm just figuring uh, I'm by the end of next week, I will finish a draft that would be ready to start rehearsing somewhere. And I've never done this before. And I have to figure out where I'm going to work on this and who's going to, yeah, you know, um, and I'm really scared because whenever you hear comics talk about how long it takes to really find their voice, yeah, years and years and years, and I don't have years in you. Well, it, you know, they say it takes 10 years. On one hand, I go, so what else am I going to do for the next 10 years? <laughs> um, so that that's really what I'm working and focused on now. And I'm, that's wonderful. I'm write another novel. But here's the deal. It's summertime and all three of those books are great summer reads. I promise yeah. you, they won't tax your brains at all. <laughs> Uh, if you don't laugh out loud, I, I might give you your money back, but I won't. Um, but they are all available on Amazon. That's Wonderful. amazing. And it's just, it's so great that you you took personal stories and experiences from your own life and turned those into your novels. So you are putting a piece of yourself and your experiences in there. And that's always the best writing is when it comes from a personal place. You got to know what so, you write. You got to exactly. know. You only write what you know and all yep. that stuff. Yeah. Well, so, thank you so, so much. Golden for... Girls was what I know about being what I knew about being a woman in her fifties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you, Mark, so much for doing this. We really appreciate. Always it. Always great to see you guys. Uh, always a pleasure. Okay, we are back with a golden takeaway, and I'm flying solo because I have one very simple golden takeaway from today's episode, and that is to go buy Mark's books. Now, we left some of the links in the show notes, so go check that out and give Mark some love. He's part of the Golden Girls community, and it's just, and Mark was so much fun to hang with and talk with at Golden Girls convention, and it was just, he's the best. So, Check out some of his work, and we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was so much fun. We love talking with Mark. If you liked today's episode, please leave a little rating and review. That really, really does help. And you can follow the podcast on social media. You guys know where to follow the podcast. And check out Hoo Ha podcast because they do some great work. We're on Hoo Ha It's so exciting. We love Hoo Ha I love saying it. <laughs> so definitely go check out some of their podcasts. And remember, as always... Stay golden. You won't see the biggest gift will be for me.